Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, July 23rd, and we are here to try to take the mystery out of your financial life. And it may not even be so mysterious. It might be that you just need some I don't know, a little handholding. Maybe you need a little bit of cheerleading or coaching. Mark and I are happy to do that. We are both certified financial planners. Oh, Mark, I found it the greatest thing. So, you know, I'm doing this big conference out in Las Vegas for the uh, CPAs, and there's a whole bunch of stuff at the conference that qualifies for CFP continuing ed. That is a huge bonus. So um, I'm very, very excited about that. So if you're a certified financial planner, you have to do a certain amount of continuing education, with, which is true with many professional designations, not so with securities licenses, I don't think, but certainly with designations like CFP and CPA, oh, and CFA, which is the really hard one. I think that that's one of those things about the credential that is meaningful, uh, not just taking all the coursework and not just that you have to have a certain number of hours in the business to practice as a financial planner, but you need some continuing ed. So I'm a cheerleader for the Certified Financial Planning Board of Standards and the designation, mostly because I have it. You know, if I didn't have it, I maybe I wouldn't be such a big cheerleader. I don't know. I think I still would. All right. If you've got a question, shoot us a note. We are both CFPs. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Here is from Tom, who wants to know about using a 529 plan. Jill, thank you for your shows. I have a stepson who insisted on dropping out of high school. He said nothing they were teaching was going to help him succeed in the music producing industry. Almost 19 living at home and only playing with his producing dreams via his laptop. I don't see the progress, but it is what it is. Uh, Tom started at 529 years ago when he had some plans to go into the military school. Now everything's gone by the wayside. And he said, I started checking into how to get the 529 plans without using it for education. There is a penalty, but otherwise accessible. I was going to start an index fund for him separately. 
more of a longer term fund, maybe to show them the importance of starting retirement early and how that might create peace of mind. Who knows if he would actually not touch it for the next 45 years. My question for you, should I just expand the 529 plan with this extra money because of all the collateral 529 benefits or a separate index for him? I'm historically a real estate guy with rental properties. Haven't broken the ice on doing self-investments with the index funds, though I've been listening to you and several other shows for years. I've heard the basics over and over again. Are there enough collateral 529 benefits to intentionally use the system for something other than what it's designed for? Okay. Or who knows, maybe he'll be able to use it for education or even transfer to his future kids way down the road. Thank you. Mark, should we blow out of the 529 right now? I don't want to give this kid any money, but what do you think? Yeah, I don't think so either. I might keep it. I don't know. He's he's 19, so a lot can happen. So I'd keep it as is, and I wouldn't add to it. I think if you want to see him start to actually do something different with his life, you might want to consider encouraging him to pay for some things that are going on in his life rather than you financing it. I don't know. Um, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine whose child is at home with a degree in engineering. And um, guess what? Kid's not looking for a job. I almost wanted to like put the kid's head through the window. And I said to the kid himself, I said, if you had thousands of dollars of student loan debt, like so many of the people you graduated with, would you be sitting around at your parents' house floating in the pool? I don't think so. You'd be getting a job. So go get a job. Sorry about that, Tom. That's a little tough love for Aunt Jill. Uh, Candace says, Jill, my daughter was in an accident last year and we are getting close to the final settlement of cash that she will be receiving as a now 18 year old. I have my own 401k with work, no other outside financial advisor. I'd like to know if you think it's best to invest some of the money online on our own, or if I should shop around for a financial advisor for her, she's going to college. She'd like to have some money for college and invest some for her future. You ready for the amount, Mark? $475,000. That's a lot of money. I think you might want to talk to a financial advisor that you and she could actually talk to both because you know, I think it's great to get her involved in this. This money is in her name and she's going to have access to it. So I would actually do that. I would check out um, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors or NAPFA.org. I'd go to the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards website, let's make a plan.org. And if you could try a few of those out and, and maybe find someone in your area, uh, that would be really helpful. I, I don't think you should do this on your own. This is a huge amount of money. And I think she's going to have to be involved in it. I really do. Vivian says, I hope you're well. I am well. Thanks, Vivian. I'm 38 and a horse trainer and a riding instructor. Don't people do the most interesting things, Mark? Really? I love that. That was me taking a sip. I've had my own LLC since 2013. I've recently opened my own riding school. Hmm. Prior to teaching riding, I worked mainly as a waitress. I've never worked anywhere that offered a 401k or a retirement plan. No one ever spoke about it while I was growing up. Nothing. So now I'm getting older. I'm trying to find a plan. I've got $18,000 in savings, $17,000 in investments. In my business account, I've got about $50,000. I cover all of my expenses and I'm able to put away $500 in my personal savings per month, $600 in my wealth front investment account every month. 
I rent, I'm single, no kids. The only debt I have is my car. I owe $8,000 on it. Working with horses is an amazing job, but a rough one. It's rough on your body and it's pretty dangerous altogether. Hmm. I see older people in my profession with no real sense of even how to retire. I don't want to be one of them. Where, how, when, and how much should I be investing? I honestly could buckle down and put away up to $1,300 a month. I don't want to be 70 and still having to work 10-hour days. Yeah. Thanks in advance, Vivian. Okay. Vivian, let's do a couple of things. I, I presume between your savings and the business account, that represents six months of your expenses. So, I mean, if it doesn't, I probably would keep the 50 grand in the in the business account because it's always a little bit more important to have some liquidity there. But let's try to make sure that your personal savings account has six to 12 months of living expenses. And I would say more about I'd lean towards 12 because you are self-employed. So I want 12 months of your living expenses in your personal savings account. Then in that investment account, instead of the investment account, let's just do a Roth IRA and let's get that going. What I would do is I would take the $600 a month you're putting in your investment account and put it into a Roth IRA and get your six grand in there. The other part of it is, you know, when you have a car loan, I don't know what the interest rate is on that. I might start clicking that away a little bit more quickly so that you you come into next year with this LLC with your Roth IRA and you've got your debt paid down and you've got your hopefully your 12 months of emergency reserve fund. And then, Mark, what kind of retirement plan do we want to put in for for Vivian? In, in her LLC. I think that we, we don't know whether she has employees or not. I'm going to guess she doesn't. What do you think? Right. So Mark makes a good point. I think that what we would suggest is, again, this is next year. You don't have to do it this year. Okay. Next year, we think you should try a solo 401k, presuming you don't have any employees because you can't have any employees in the LLC to make this work. But if it's just you, a solo 401k, you can do a Roth option. And that would, I think, be the way to go. And then you can start to put a lot of money away into that thing. So let's go with that as your your game plan and follow up with us if we missed anything. Andrew is in his early 30s and he's trying to plan for the long term. And he says, I look forward to your show every Saturday. So he listens to our terrestrial radio show when he's 31 years old, defying all demographics. Okay. He's trying to figure out what to do. So he can follow what I like best, the fine plan, financial independence, new endeavor. Okay, move on to that new endeavor, whatever it may be. And he wants that to happen when he turns 55. He's not married. He's got no kids. Marriage on the horizon. Kids are in their plans. Okay, not much in the way of debt. One year left on a truck loan. Uh, He owes four grand with a 1.8% interest rate. He refinanced his house. 20-year mortgage at 2.75%, dollars outstanding. He shaved six years off the duration. Wow. Just 60 bucks extra a month. The house is worth 275. It's their forever home. I make around $75,000 a year in manufacturing setting and contribute 15% of my money into my 401k. My employer matches six. That's good. He's got 106,000 in his 401k, 120 in a Roth IRA, which he maxes out every year, $40,000 in an old IRA rollover, and about 25 grand in cash. You ready for the new twist, Mark? Here it comes. He's the beneficiary of a trust 
from an uncle who passed away two years ago from pancreatic cancer. Oh my God, he's going to receive $200,000 from the trust in the next month and then another $200,000 when he turns 35 and the balance, which should be about 100000 when he turns 40. He also inherited a sports card that's worth $65,000. He's considering selling it to make some house renovations, particularly the kitchen. I don't have much in the way of additional savings after our monthly expenses. I contribute $200 to an emergency savings plan. Okay, here's a question. When I receive the money from the trust, should I open a brokerage account, look for rental property, keep some money in cash so I can max out my IRA? Uh, is there anything else I should be doing to get, get to that point of financial independence? Appreciate what you do. Look forward to your response. He also writes, go Bills. All right. Yeah. Go Buffalo Bills. Okay, Mark, what do you want to do? Number one here. What? Let's start with the before the $200,000. Uh, I think he's doing a great job, don't you? I mean, that he made seventy five grand a year and you're 31 years old. Sounds like you're in great shape. So let's start with that. That's really good. I don't know. Let's see. I think first and foremost, when you get this $200,000, let's get rid of the truck loan, even though I know it seems you know, not like that high an interest rate, but you know, let's get rid of it. Then I think next we'll top off whatever you need to top off for your emergency fund, make your Roth contribution in a lump sum. And then what Mark, you want him to go to a, and I mean, this is the same thing as the previous question, which is an 18 year old who gets this big settlement. What are you doing? You get a big lump sum. It is a good time to kind of look at your long-term financial planning. So I, I don't know where your Roth IRA is and how comfortable you are investing $200,000. If you feel comfortable doing it yourself, then you invest this money much more conservatively. That's number one. Okay. And I think that you would use index funds, low cost index funds. You'd get an allocation that's more of a 50-50 balance and then go from there. If you think you need some financial assistance or a good long-term plan, then maybe you would look at one of the robo-advisors. It might be that you need some advice, but you don't feel like you want to pay up to get full-blown, fancy plan advice one-on-one. Um, Mark, is your sense that that uh, Andrew's doing this all himself and that he should just go for it? Or do you think he should get some advice along the way? Uh, yeah, I thought the same thing. Now, Mark says maybe you don't sell the car right away. Um, I agree with that. I wasn't thinking it so much about the, the, that you want to keep it or because, you know, I'm not a car person. I know car people, but I will say this. I don't know what kind of car it is, but I do know that some of these antique cars and these fancy cars out there like Ferraris have actually gone up in value. So that's, kind of wacky. I'd shop around and if you really don't care about it, I'd blow it out. Cause if it's like some stupid, you know, car that you're never going to use, but if it's a real antique, then you'd want some guidance on that. I think that I get the sense he probably wants to do it himself. He's got $120,000 in the Roth already. I don't know where it is. And so if it's in a place where they give some advice, you might want to get it. If not, again, you can look at NAPFA. You can look at letsmakeaplan.org. You can also check out the sponsor of our radio show, which is called Facet Wealth. That's sort of a hybrid between, you know, the the Vanguard robo advice model and others like it. Like, so Vanguard has it, Schwab has it. Betterment does it. 
and full-blown financial planning, which costs a lot of money. So I would check out those as opportunities, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Okay, good. Gail says she's really enjoying listening to the podcast, and she likes the new one too. She says, I'm writing about the new child tax credit payments. I'm trying to predict my 2021 returns. Hmm. So this is, a, I think this is where it's going to be a lot of problems. Significant other and I have been living together for 10 years, had a son in 2017, never felt the need to get married. For 2020, I made less than the $75,000 and claimed my son. I cover his health insurance. I have a flexible dependent care account because his father makes significantly more and was at a startup than I do. We figured I'd get better tax breaks. But now with the craziness of COVID, they eloped. That's fun. February 2021. My husband is now working for a more stable company. He earns over $250,000. I expect to earn a similar amount at my job as a nurse, but now I'm worried about what to do with this $300 a month, which came into the account today. Should we file jointly or separately? If jointly, do we put the money into a separate account now to earn interest and expect to pay it back in the spring? Or do we file separately, miss out on any married tax benefits? Do we even qualify for any with his salary? You do qualify. And you know what? Um, I would file. I'd keep, you don't have to keep it separate. You're going to have to pay the money back, but it's not that much money. You know, it's it's $300 times six months. That's all it's going to be. So keep a few thousand dollars extra and you're going to have to uh, pay it back. You're smart to think about it, but a lot of people are going to find that they don't qualify for that tax credit. But you know what you do qualify for? The old child tax credit, was $2,000 and it was for married filing jointly up to 400 grand. So they'll get that. So maybe they won't even owe it anything back after all is said and done. Just saying, file jointly. That child tax credit's a little nutty the way they divided it up. I know why they did it because it does make sense if you want people to go out and spend money and have cash flow, but it's quite confusing if you ask me. Okay. It's Jill on Money. That's a wrap. And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to lift someone up. And you know how you could lift us up today? You could leave us a rating or a review. You can do that at uh, Apple or wherever else you get your podcast. You can follow us. Don't miss an episode. Uh, don't forget to lift someone up today. Maybe that's us. Oh, let me lift somebody up. Joel Goodman, he composed our music. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. We love the, we especially love the women at Cadence 13. I don't know about the guys, but the two women who work with us, they're fantastic. So hi, Lizzie. Hi, Yannickin. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.